0: So you're a huge fan of Atlanta United,
1: and you want Dave to give you the latest insights to our tactics.
0: Pineda five in the back? Are you kidding me? Or maybe you can't f and believe we signed Don Dwyer, and you want to hear Mikey Dobbs rant about it.
1: Well, you've come to the right place.
0: I'm David Katz, and I'm Mike Dobbs, and this is, is the, the ATL on, on Fire podcast. podcast.
1: Welcome back everybody it's another episode of atl on fire and uh we're hopefully uh sounds like we're broadcasting live now we'll post this on youtube later uh, a little bit edited try to uh edit these into smaller um little, little bites as well but segments, I, segments. if you will <laughs> one thing i have been doing is on, thematic segments <laughs> on the full on the full video i'm doing this thing called chapters on youtube and so you can kind of bookmark the different topics that we go through. So I'm spending the time at least doing that, even if I don't do separate videos. So very nice. We know uh, the YouTube audience uh, typically likes smaller video. So I'm trying to break that up into 10 minute parts as well, but okay. And um, we've got a two game recap. um, And, we have to talk about last night's very tough loss against Philadelphia, <laughs> oof, and uh, the comeback win against DC United, the bottom of the table team that we still had to struggle <laughs> to uh, to get the win against. What
0: you mean we didn't wipe them off the face of the earth?
1: No. Oh, so Dave, that's I, not a good sign. I, like I said, the the DC United game I watched on replay, um, but I was in that fishing tournament, believe it or not. Yeah. Did you win? We did not. We did not win. But, you know, it was like a checklist, bucket list thing up on Lake Hartwell. How many
0: fish did you catch?
1: Caught about four, but none were big enough to weigh and probably missed about five or six that uh, came off the line. Fishing story, I guess, but kind of like atlanta united Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah it sounded like uh only got a couple of small ones (laughs) so thank you for coming in hot and bringing some red red wine what are we drinking
0: uh we're drinking a hess select um from california it's a cabernet sauvignon from the north coast oh that's really good i've had that before Mm -hmm. that's delicious it's pretty widely widely available it's always consistently good yeah Carmen, what do you think? Very, very good. Excellent. All right. All right. She's getting paid. I should say that (laughs) two things happened. So we got, we harvested our third vintage. Mm. We opened the first bottle of the second vintage, um, which was surprisingly delicious. (laughs) Um, And uh, the third vintage is now uh, fermenting away. Um, We're going to have an increased production this year. at the emerald hill, emerald hill winery from um two cases to four cases
1: yeah so listeners if you, you're not aware dave started uh making his own wine with uh, one of our friends uh, what two years ago and you're in your second
0: no we we well so it takes three years to yeah, okay. get a grape right yeah. so um and we actually didn't make our first wine until the fourth year so we're at seven years
1: and i have had a um a glass of this wine before and I was absolutely shocked that it wasn't just good. It was very good. And that was pretty amazing. But I guess, you know, kind of having a chemistry background helps and being able to make your own, uh, yeast and things like that, whatever, you know, it does help. Does yeah. help. Um, so Dave, what do you want to get into with Atlanta United? Um, you know, nothing. It's really tough. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate everybody, uh, tuning in. Yeah. Uh, you gotta be a real diehard just to still be hanging on right
0: now. Yeah. Um, uh, no, um I'm actually to be honest, uh maybe I don't want to shouldn't start the podcast this way, but I'm enjoying watching the games as a, a what not to do in coaching. Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning a lot. I'm trying to, you know. Yeah, and still you were
1: you were saying uh Alexi Lalas even got a dig in that said uh, you know, Oof. You shouldn't uh, be learning on the job. You shouldn't have a coach that's learning on the job. <laughs> yes. That's a pretty harsh dig. and That's a,
0: what he said in the pregame.
1: And actually pretty good commentary from Alexi Lalas, which is, you know.
0: Rare. You know, I I don't think – I think we'll get into ultimately what I'm really concerned about with Pineda later. But um, I don't think it's so much that he's learning on the job. It's just that um, I don't think that he knows – um, how to go about it. And I'll, I'll yeah. get what I mean that later.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like, I think even just the average uh, person watching what he's been doing, just to your point, he doesn't know how to go about it. I mean, we in the last, you know, two, three games are do or die games. Yep. And I spoke about it before when it was, you know, who, was, who did we play before DC and we ended up losing. Yeah. Um, oh. Um the la and, and, crew. And, yeah, the crew, and we didn't start Joseph Martinez. Right. And you know, th- again, it's overthinking it, right? Like you start your star player. You start the guy who is the heart of the franchise in the in those big moments. Yep. And you know, you you put it on him and you at least give him a chance yep. as somebody who's given his heart to the you know, regardless what I think of, you know, Joseph's future and you know, has he lost a step? I, you gotta believe, in, unless there's something wrong with his knee, that he should be in there playing in these games. To you know, according
0: to the commentators in the last game, in order to try and prove to Pineda that he's really ready to go, he's been volunteering and doing two a days. Yeah. So so really. T- yeah. It's just um. it's just more evidence
1: to your point. Like Pineda doesn't get it. He thinks he's he's already is his first year coach. Like a master of, like, overthinking, oh, Cisneros, and I'll bring in Martinez. Or, you know what, I'm sticking to my guns with uh, Rocco as the keeper who is, you know, Rios, no just go. continuing <laughs> to let in goals. And as we get into that, Carmen,
0: I'm, do we have an explosion? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I <can. laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I feel bad for the kid because, like, this was his opportunity to 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 prove everybody wrong including you know the the believers out there that you can be 5'10 and be a MLS goalkeeper which your trivia the other night basically statistically says it's impossible to be a goalkeeper unless you're over 6'2 I mean that's right so the fact that you know
0: Velez where he came from you know is 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 basically leading Argentina and there's a reason they let him go yeah
1: you know the the uh, Mexican goalkeeper I was talking about that was short and successful wasn't Jorge Campos. Campos is who yeah. I was thinking of. It. He, yeah. He's relatively short, right? Like oh, he was real short. Yeah. yeah, so that's who I was thinking of in the last podcast. Not a yeah. uh, Choa. Not a Choa. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. the
0: current goalkeeper
1: yeah. who's big. Yeah. Okay, I uh, got gotcha. you. That makes more sense. Right. Yeah, Campos but I was gonna say, was like, could, My point, and it's a different generation too yeah. when he was playing, right? Yeah. The, the game, and he a, was
0: still, in my opinion, easy to score. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I always loved the
0: U.S.-Mexico games when he was in goal for Mexico because I was like, what are they thinking <laughs> putting that guy in goal?
1: So let's start with um, with what? you want to talk about D.C. United? Yeah, let's start
0: at the very beginning.
1: Um, do you want to go through some highlights? Where do you want to begin? Um,
0: so, yeah, I mean, we can just
1: go through it. Um, this was a home game, too, at the Benz. Yes. And uh, did you make it, or who, who all went? No, I couldn't
0: go because um, I was coming back from uh, my son had a tournament in Birmingham, which okay. they won. Nice, Woo. won the whole thing. Yeah, excellent. Eighteen goals for, one against. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> got it done.
1: That's impressive. Yeah, at least you're watching some good soccer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they score just they score <laughs> some amazing goals. Actually, um, relentless. I mean, they've yeah. got some real attacking options. But um, yeah. And because they have so many attacking options, their back four just sits at home. Anyway. <laughs> so good on GSA. Yeah. Coach Wayne, right? He's got it right. Yeah. Um,
1: so we're we're at home against DC United. Now, was this one of Wayne Rooney's first... Uh, assignments on the bench or he's been there a couple of weeks right
0: uh yeah i think it's his second or third game it's certainly okay. not his first uh yeah. but yeah he's been called in to rescue a desperate situation in dc yeah. they're they're awful yeah. um,
1: I, I think it really this game benchmarks why atlanta united and dc united are 13th and 14th in the table
0: so if you go to 31 seconds into the highlights i guess that's where i would say to start um, you know, people talk about Cisneros definitely has to be the solution. Um, you know, this is an example of how we really should be creating goals. We're going to go through the middle here. Um, but it ends up on Cisneros' foot and not Martinez's foot. And you can guess the outcome. So, um, you know, for those who are not on YouTube channel, we're playing um, – is sort of a bit of a a quick counter. Um, Almada uh, ends up on the ball, plays through. It's a nice combination, and play the clip. Mm.
1: So So he he
0: just drags it. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, and you've seen that a lot from Cisneros. He has scored some goals, but, you know, in key moments where he has a moment like that, you you know, you got to get that on goal.
1: Yeah. And yeah, he just, he
0: just, he's a little bit quick. He got quick and, you know, sped up. Yep. Um, instead of being calm and collected and he pull, he drags it as you say. Yeah. Um, okay. If we go to a minute into the clip, we'll just do some of these pretty quick, I guess. Um, zonal marking when will we learn mikey talks.
1: yeah i thought we had learned it felt like we'd finally
0: we have sort of learned on corner kicks although as we'll get to later in a highlight um ooh, it's it's still too zonal but in this case so we're, we're giving up a free kick to dc um Uh, we're holding the top of the 18, which is, you know, standard makes, you know, sense. But one of the things I want you to notice is DC United has three players who are good two, three yards off of the line. And when they've clearly realized, you know, they've left one on the line so that, you know, that the line doesn't, you know, cheat up. And they realize we can drop three off. And, you know, what I want you to notice, so what's going to happen on this play is those three guys are going to run through and are going to be wide open. Now, we get to the ball first. We clear it. It comes out, and this ultimately leads to the goal that we give up, and I'll talk about that in a minute afterwards. But when what I want the viewers to first watch is watch the runners go through. They're not bumped at all, and they have a clean run through. And when you give a player a clean run through and a timed run, they're going to be dangerous. So play the clip. I mean, right. look at the two, three runners who are uh, wide open no, in the box. No
1: body on body. Nothing yeah. there. So we clear it. <laughs> oh. and, and, you do, know. Do you think if uh, Rocco is maybe six inches taller that maybe you get a hand of that? Yes. Uh, we keep talking about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it,
1: this How is... does Pineda not see this? And I know you want to champion the kid. And, you know, there's, there, was some, <laughs> there was some guys that were. um Ugh posting some warm-ups of uh, Goudinho. Uh Uh-huh. And they're trying to make a big deal of the fact, like, you know, the shooting drills where the goalkeeper is basically like a glorified cone? Yep. And, yeah, he's just kind of, like, stretching and not really – not trying at all. They're like, maybe this is why Goudinho hasn't got any minutes. And it's like, that's not how it works.
0: Well, this is going to be a theme of tonight's podcast is Rios Novo, but I'll give you the quote, um, if I can pull it up. Um in the AJC, um, Doug, our friend Doug Robertson, um, says that Pineda hinted that Raul Gudino signed as a free agent after the season-ending injuries to Brad Guzan and Dylan Castaniero, may get a chance Sunday at Portland. Gudino, who has played for Club America and the Mexican national team, has yet to make an appearance.
1: So, <laughs> a, a day late, a dollar short, Uh Now, the the question is, I'm assuming, right, Boca Negra is the one who targeted this goalkeeper and brought him in when Guzan went down. Sure. Yet, everyone's like, Boca sucks. And I don't know. Like, what if this keeper's good? And Pineda's just chosen to not start him because of whatever he's seeing in practice. Maybe there's like a Mexican cultural thing. I don't know. But it just seems really weird that out of all the tinkering – that we've seen from Pineda, Tinker, 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 mm-hmm. he isn't giving this guy one stinking minute on the in a real right. game, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Seriously, what the fuck? I'm sorry. I gotta. I don't like to cuss on this. We went strong. Yeah. I, I, I come on. He's heating up. <laughs> yeah. He's on fire. We're at that point in the season. Yeah. It's over. It's I'm, on fire.
0: I'm uh, tempted to give you my full, you know, end of. End of podcast analysis, but I'll hold off. Yeah, hold off. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so in this goal that we give up, right, we've cleared the ball, right? DC United gets it. I mean, he's literally taking it off the chest, and he sort of volleys it, but he's, he's like, on his heels. He gets absolutely no power on the ball. He's a good, I don't know, seven yards outside the eighteen. And Rios Novo gets nowhere close to it, right? I mean, that's just appalling. I mean, you got to save that. I mean, there is zero, you know, sometimes you can say, I don't know, maybe, you know, but yeah. you got to save this. And people in the, the commentators were like, you know, good goal. But I mean, there's no power on this whatsoever. Um, you yeah, got to get to that. Sure.
1: Yeah. And it dips and it takes a little, def- it does take a deflection actually. But, um, yeah, I think that's what made it hard is it actually did take a deflection. But, you know, yeah, you know. Get a, if he's six inches taller. So what I was going to gonna point out, you
0: know, this keeps happening, right? Against the crew, he got a hand to the ball and pushed it into the side netting. Against Red Bulls, he should have saved the one up the middle. The first goal against Philly. The third goal against Philly. The goal here, right? By my estimation, in
1: the last three games, that's five he should have saved five mikey dobbs i know right i
0: mean in three games
1: right everybody else is seeing it i feel bad for the kid i really do because he's getting lit up on social media today um from from what i've seen so you hate to see that
0: yeah you hate to see that but But it is what it is It's a professional game and you know he's not getting it done No, I, i love the kid you know good for him but uh i think he's in over his head yeah Hundred percent. Here's my question: Is he good with his feet? Because that's what Pineda keeps no, saying. I don't think so. He's not special with his feet. It doesn't seem like it. It's not it?
1: special. And and honestly, what he's doing when he's trying to overuse his feet and he comes out right, like because he's mm-hmm. he's trying to play as like a, a he, he's trying to plus up the team by pushing up and being able to play with his feet and press the the backs forward like that. I guess is the theory of like what advantage he would bring because he you know when he does that it's like oh my gosh like when they give up the ball like these teams could totally chip him when he oh, yeah. he's i mean it's
0: <laughs> several have tried yeah
1: and it's it's just a matter of time if panata yeah, just, you know, just keeps starting which he might who knows <laughs> it's just stubbornness right i mean you know
0: you get I mean, as Pineda, you get you know way more access to these you know highlights than we have, and uh, you're just looking at those from all the angles, and you have to be like, it's so obvious. And it, you know, we weren't talking about it for a little while. I mean, early on, um, you know, it really wasn't costing us as much, I don't think. But it's become so obvious. We just keep giving up goals, and yeah. it's a good. We're at this point. We're probably at seven, maybe. Seven goals that yeah. he's cost us over the season? Yeah, and you know? I think
1: yeah. over his part of the season. One of the listeners, Bo, was saying uh, his GA for the season is 40. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. Yeah. Not good at all.
0: Um... So at 152, we actually score as you're we about to play it. Um, one of the things I, I, I will point out just about this goal, right? So it's a header off of Franco, off a of corner kick. And, you know, when we're crossing with the big guys in the box, Franco um, and Parata, um, and, and we seem to have done pretty well. Worked out offensive, you know, corner kicks. We're scoring goals. Yeah. So you know, when people come back to us and say about you know what's the problem with the bombing down the sides and crossing it, we should be scoring those. But the problem is we're not crossing to Parata and Franco. If they were there all the time, then sure, that would be a viable strategy. And if you weren't actually in crossing all the time, or maybe Joseph Martinez, who doesn't play anymore. Well, you know, people say Joseph Martinez, and you're going to see him score off a head, but he scores off his head. But it's not like I think people remember that because it's so memorable when he does. But that's not his his modus operandi, no. if you will. He doesn't score most of his goals that
1: way. No, but he can get up and get a header, and that's a good. Well, frankly, the the one in this game was a gift and. Such yeah, shamb- shambolic okay. defending on Lennon DC
0: had- United Shambolic defending. What do you mean? Lennon McAdams? had all day
1: to cross. <laughs> well, I'm jumping ahead. And, yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, play the clip. Let's see Franco in a in a moment of happiness for Atlanta United. Franco, good header. Goalkeeper, no chance. Yeah. Okay, and we move on to 239. We give up another goal. Um Yeah, I just want – you don't even have to play the clip. You could just stop it at 2.39. Um, You know, Wiley is coming in, and you won't – right now you can't see. It's a little off the screen where the D.C. United player is so wide open. But Wiley is so pinched in. He's very close to Gutman, and the guy out wide is wide open. I mean, if you just play it for the next five seconds, you'll just see where he is. There he is. Pause it. Pause it. I mean, look at the gap. Between our, we're playing three in the back, Mikey Dobbs, yeah. and we have a guy supposedly outside of that. And with three in the back, we are still pinching right. in our outside back to the point where he's that wide open. So who are the three?
1: Why in the world? So we've got Franco, uh, Parata, and Gutman as this three center backs in this yes. this game, right? So yeah, Wiley is very much a a wing winger wing back in this scenario. Right. How has this guy got all that space? How?
0: <laughs> it's impossible. And look
1: at, I mean, we have two defenders there. Just we've chosen not to have one go out wide and actually mark the guy running down the line. Right. Do you think maybe Pineda hasn't told Wiley what his true assignment is? Which we've No, been talking he has.
0: Because in this case, Wiley has sprinted back from being up the field and he sprinted right next to Gutman. So he's been told to get, in, to get in, to get in, to get in, to get in, to close down the middle. And i I'm like, why? Particularly if you have three center backs. I don't even think you
1: should do it when you have two center backs, but you certainly shouldn't do it when you have three center backs. No, I mean, I think you're saying what I'm saying, which is he's being told the wrong thing by Pineda, which is, you know, get back and out wide, right? Let Pineda or let Gutman stay central here and, you know, make sure this guy doesn't get a cross off. Like, that's your job is to close the pressure there. And this guy, I'm sure, is going to get have all day once he uh, settles. So he it. actually
0: passes it back to okay. another guy who's also wide open, who yeah. crosses it, and they score. Yeah. And in fairness, Franco doesn't do a great job. You know, the guy get to the guy runs in front of him to head for a goal. But when you give up really, really good open crosses like that, they're whipped in. It's hard to defend.
1: I know that's why everybody is like a you know. The, they're saying, you know, Franco and even, you know, Parata give up too many goals, but it's a symptom of everything else that's happening. That leads up to it. I
0: can hear somebody out there saying, look, you're being hypocritical, right? We get those crosses and don't get goals. And you're saying, why is it so dangerous now? But the guy he's crossing to here is what, like 6'3", six, 6'2", six, six whatever it is, right? Um, and is clearly, you know, Kamara, that's that's his role, right? That's how he, it's the only way he can score. He's not going to dribble around you. And by
1: the way, that was an excellent cross. Oh, it was a terrific cross. And- but Lennon's been putting in good crosses, not like honestly though, like that's a good cross. That's a bent ball that's got a lot of speed to it. All you got to yeah. do is get any contact to it. You don't see a lot of crosses from Atlanta United like that.
0: Okay, I'm going to disagree with you. Go to 3:43. Lennon crosses to Martinez for yeah. the goal.
1: It's yeah.
0: <laughs> you, you
1: can go to you can go to Let's it. Let's go. Come on. Hey Dave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> first off, you're wrong on your other thing, but you're oh, wrong right. on this one too. This okay. is this is pretty much a lobbed ball, and Joseph Martinez. So okay. As this sets up here, yeah,
0: he Len- set the scene for them.
1: So I set the scene. Lennon's got it in the, the the far right. For whatever reason, he's still able to dribble to the end line and have all day to cross the ball. Like he really a terrible defending, terrible defending. There's like no pressure on him. He has all day, and he he plays a fine cross, but it's it's not what we just saw. It wasn't a whipped, speedy cross that had like an angle on it. He kind of lobbed it up, and Joseph Martinez, for some reason, DC United let him have like 10 feet of free space around him. He just jumps up and generates all the power on his own yeah, yeah. and puts it in. T- totally different than what we just saw. Yep. And if, you know, if that was a good cross from Lennon, it would have just smacked his head and gone in. Cause by the way, Martinez is wide open here. So if it was a fantastic cross, it would have been drilled at his head and he would have just sunk it into near post or far post.
0: And can you remind the viewers how many? What goal off across this is for the season? It's the second, Dave. <laughs> second,
1: <laughs> second. How many
0: games have we played? So yeah,
1: for all these people out there that say, "Oh, Lennon is great <sighs> at crossing," which you were just saying, I totally disagree. This is not that great of cross. Let's let let's, right, let's let let's let it, a- it run. I mean, it's fine. I mean, it works, right? But he's got all day. Yeah, it Basically. is pretty lofted. Yeah, he lofted it up.
0: Yeah, he should have whipped it. You're right.
1: And it makes Joseph do all the I work I hate to there. say it. You're right. Oh, gosh.
0: Damn it. Thank you, Dave. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well,
0: I thought I had the counterpunch to you because I'm like, oh, yeah.
1: we can't score for cross, but we can. For a guy who didn't watch the game, I know what's going on. Yeah, you do. Yeah. How but do you do that? But seriously,
0: we've only had two goals off two. Of crosses.
1: Like Aww. oh, but wait—the third is coming. Yeah, oh. <laughs> there's okay. a third in this game. There's two in this game. Yeah, like legit crosses, right? Like th- this is the second from. Lyman. Yeah, that was a legit cross, and
0: so if you go to 509, the third goal off a cross. But here I'm gonna say asterisk caveat caveat. <laughs> <laughs> so at 5:09, uh, we're going to score another goal off a cross, but it starts out as a free kick. Okay, and because it starts out as a free kick, we the initial free kick is cleared, and we get it and get another cross. When the second cross comes, Parata and Franco are still forward right and so we are now aiming for those two guys instead of Martinez so it's kind of like a corner yeah. it's not a f- true free you don't have it in a normal free crossing situation you don't have your two center backs in the in the box so play the clip right so Lennon on the other side now Parata, and if you let it keep playing, I want you to notice not only is Parata score the goal, but right behind him is Franco, and he probably would have scored if Parata missed. So yeah, you know those are target guys who are big dudes who are going after
1: the ball in the air. Um, you know that makes some sense to me, but yeah, and that's what one of the the, the comments on the so. podcast was saying. When we have people in there and there's a good cross, yeah, and there there's another example from Lennon. That's that's a great cross from Lennon. That's an excellent cross. That had pace and had a curl
0: to it. Still, you know, I was looking at it after what you yeah, just said. Great. It still got a little loft on it. It yeah. wasn't as whipped in as the D.C. one.
1: No, but, I mean, he, it was also a longer cross. It was to the back post. So, you mm-hmm. know, it had to get a little air underneath it. And he was I think he was uh, targeting those two guys, too. So, in, that, in my mind, that was an excellent cross. Um, and I would
0: say, we're not going to show the clip, but in the, in the Philadelphia game, late in the game, there's another one that we almost score on, and it's across to Dom Dwyer. And again, yeah. you know, if Dom Dwyer was your starting forward, then sure, right, put the ball up in the air. That guy's an animal, right? Yeah, um, you know that that makes sense to me, right? But yeah, but not only is it we're starting Cisneros or Martinez and. So that's A, not Dwyer or Franco or Parata. But then you add on top of that, we have a number of guys in our starting lineup who don't go and finish those, Almada, Moreno, Araujo. And those guys can score goals when you play it to their feet. And so
1: when you're crossing, you're not playing to their feet by death. Beaten their previous two opponents 6-0, 6-0. So 12-0 goal differential. So the fact that there's a 16-1 to goal differential that they've got now after this game against Atlanta United, Philadelphia might be good.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, the interesting thing is I don't actually like the way Philadelphia Curtain is not my favorite. They play extremely narrow, right? You know, they actually give a lot of the open spaces that we do too. Yeah. Right? But the thing is they're designed to do that, right? Their entire team is designed to do that, right? Um, including, you know, the way they defend in the back, you know, when they do give up crosses, they don't have people up, you know, caught up even when they're narrow, those guys get out quick to, to defend, you know, they're designed to do that. It's, it's a system. Uh, we do it by accident because guys are up the field and they can't scramble back. So even though I don't like curtain that much, you know, it's not my favorite formation. It fits their team Yeah. and they're designing to do it. Right. So, I mean, one thing about Curtin is that he lost a couple of his best players. Brendan Aronson was the star of this yeah. team. Last year, it was the Polish guy. he They're all gone, and they're still
1: winning the league. Right. So
0: um, that's really, really well done. It's good coaching.
1: So why can't – I mean, Atlanta United is just not playing as a team. What – I mean, dig into a little bit of that. Like, what's what's really – what's the – Maybe this is like your, your end of the thing. Yeah, rants. let's
0: finish these highlights, and then I'll tell right, you let's get through what, the what the problem is. Let's go through know.
1: the pain of Philadelphia.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, so at 50 seconds in, um, this is the reason why you don't play a 5'9 goalkeeper. Any other goalkeeper in the MLS saves this shot. Play the clip. So it's outside the 18. He doesn't have a lot of momentum running onto it. He hits sort of a rug burner, uh-huh. right? You got to save that. Yeah, You can't blame the defenders for that. Yeah, I think I'd be mad at my 15 year old if that one is. Yeah. yeah, Troy saves that. Ouch, ouch. <laughs>
1: Carmen coming with <laughs> the blows.
0: So but Troy's part. six foot tall.
1: This is true. He's got probably three inches on Rios <laughs> Novo. Everybody calm down. Maybe Pineda, he said he would start him in Portland.
0: Even if he does, right? It's seven games too late. So if you take seven goals off the table, and maybe the other goalkeeper doesn't make seven saves, but maybe you take five goals off the table. You take five goals off the table, we're a playoff team. Yeah. Right? So just by fact of being stubborn and playing Rios Novo, even with all the catastrophic everything else, we're still a mediocre playoff team if he makes the right call on the goalkeeper. Yep. In my opinion.
1: All right, what's next in this game? So, yeah, I uh, I think they come back and score one here, right? Make it 1-1.
0: Yeah, we come back and score, and uh, just at 139, you know, it's an attack through the middle. Again, Almada gets on the ball, right? And, um, you know... Again, this is what Atlanta United should be doing all season is playing ticky-tacky through the middle on the ground, right? You get Almada on the ball in the box. He makes the goalkeeper really work to save who he, you know, God bless. They have the best goalkeeper in the league and Blake, right. and you know, he not only doesn't give up the goal at Rio it gives up, but he also makes spectacular saves, including on this play. Yeah. I mean, is, it is a sensational save. Now he has no chance of getting a hold of the rebound cause he can only get possibly one hand to it. And right. Gutman scores off the rebound on a diving header. Right. But I mean, uh, you know, this yeah. is all the
1: difference. Let it, let it run here. So yeah, there goes, uh, Cisneros to Almada, Araujo, Araujo back, back to, to Almada. Almada. Ooh, that's a good Ooh, that is a great save. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where a big frame yeah. is just you know such a big difference. Yeah. I mean, look at the frame on that guy versus. I mean, it's everything. Yeah, it's, I wanna. I wanna I talk mean, about two things. Do you think? Do no. you? Th- do you think that goalkeepers wear colors on their jersey for a reason, <laughs> Dave? Is yes. I mean, sci- yeah, like, to attract is, it. Yeah, is there a scientific, like, yeah. yeah, yellow, right?
0: Yeah, it draws your eye to it, you, and it makes you shoot a little bit more towards the goalkeeper. I think, think there is some evidence for that.
1: More color and more bot, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know, if there's evidence there, then there's evidence for another, so. another foot of jersey. Then yeah, I'm gonna hit. Yeah,
0: <laughs> one of the things I want to point out, so. So, um, Gutman has uh, scored three goals since coming back, which is amazing. All three goals were him playing as one of the three in a center back three. And my point in talking about that is when... When we play our normal defense and you have only four in the back and the two outside guys are automatically going, everybody knows where the guy is coming from, right? There's no surprise, right? Everybody knows it's going to be the outside backs and it's never going to be the center back. When we play three, you actually have a an opportunity for Goodman or anybody else to go forward, right? Which means you can score that goal. Right, I mean, Goodman ends up in the six-yard box there because he's one of the the middle three. He can go forward because if he doesn't, if they lose the ball, he knows that there's two guys back there. Yeah, right. And that's part of the problem with their outside backs going forward is you know we lose the ball, they don't know that other people are back there. So that's one thing, right? And then, and then two right it's a surprise element right so nobody knows where the guy is coming from is anybody going to mark our center back coming forward you know into the 6 yard box nobody's responsible for that maybe somebody does a great job and picks him up yeah right but as you'll see on that as you could see on that replay you know he just comes through on the rebound and there's nobody near him right so i mean that i think you know when you're playing well offensively It's about making the defenders make decisions where they don't always know where it's coming from. It's a surprise. It's different, right? Um, When you don't win the ball further up the field, one of the ways you can break a defense down is have a runner going through where it's not marked. But if it's the same runner all the time, you know, that coach has been coaching for a week. Oh yeah, that's when we're going to happen. We know what the responsibility, this is what you do. Fine. Done. Done. Now. Well, before we go on, real quick, some people
1: in the chat have said that that we're not playing as a team, and folks are kind of playing
0: hero ball. Hero ball. Are y'all seeing that? Yes, I mean, but this, you know, uh, there's a there's a tendency to blame players for hero ball. But any team, as soon as it truly goes south, and you start to get frustrated, you give up terrible goals all the time. Then that happens, right? So and it doesn't matter i've seen it even happen to great teams with team players who will pour their heart out for yeah. you whatever no team can withstand giving up cheap goals
1: yeah and i mean the only hero ball that i feel like i see is it, and you kind of have to let it run when you have such a a talent is like araujo yeah you give him give him the 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 flexibility to take a bunch of people on but i think someone mentioned this in the comments too what i hate about araujo and he even did this early on the season before things went sideways. Uh-huh. Like, even in little moments, he gets frustrated too easily. Yes. And he puts on his... <laughs> he he put, doesn't have a lot of composure. And he puts on his pouty face. Yep. And that's just not what you want from leadership. Oh. I mean, the guy's 26. He's not a spring chicken. He's right. right in his prime. right? And that's not what you want to be demonstrating as a leader on the team, which he is one of the older guys on the team. He came from Lille in Ligoon. I mean, this guy should be the guy who shows the way for these younger kids. Yeah. And he's you know, kind of giving payback to people unnecessarily. He gets these stupid yellow cards. I think he has the most yellow cards of any other United player. And it's, and they're all like stupid ones. They're not like fouls. Although
0: Don Dwyer got one off the bench again. Yeah, Good for him. Uh, What I would say is that, you know, if you have players who have tremendous character, the Roy Keens of the world, right. Then maybe even when it's, you know, whatever, they're still going to be composed and do it, whatever. Right. Um, the, the average player, as soon as you're giving up cheap goals, it's going to go, and I don't think right. you can really call them as not having character. It's just that's the way it goes. Yeah. Um, now, we were having a debate about whether we had a disagreement or a bet about yeah, Gutman, right. <laughs> yeah. right? So early on in the season, we were like, Gutman's getting forward into all these great spots, and I'm like, you know, we were worried because we're like, you know, part of the problem is he's getting on the ball with great spots and he's not scoring and you'd rather have Almada or Araujo or whatever. Um, And I just kind of said, I thought that he just looks like a classy player. And I kept saying that I thought he's going to keep scoring. Now, eventually I decided, well,
1: maybe not because not score is going to score, but I think you thought he would never score. Is that true? I don't think I would say he was never, never score. No, no, I don't think I would say that's where I think our, our lines are divided. Like, I mean, uh, my point was I is almost agreeing with the original assessment, even like Lennon and Gutman. Those are the guys like and, and even Wiley, right? Like when they get those opportunities from the, you know, bombing down the left and they can get a shot on goal. And I would say Gutman's probably the best out of all of them. I will, yeah. agree, I will agree with you on that, but you know, you want your Moreno's or Arujos yeah. in, in those situations, which that brings me to another topic. We, we've Pineda is clearly benched. Moreno and said, you're not, <laughs> yes, you're why? not, the, you're not the solution. And yeah, again, it has to do with Pineda's lack of consistency and putting the best players in the field and saying, let's stick with the best players in the field for at least four games. Dave, give me four games right well, like i don't know what the matter you're, you're, At you're hinting three. it
0: i mean i i agree with you and i'm gonna i'm yeah, gonna so say I'm, almost exactly what you're okay. saying unfortunately
1: right. i'm unprepared but i'm just going with my gut right now <laughs> i just how, especially with everybody pretty much back healthy other than miles and alonzo and and guzan right like we've got the team back yep and so and that's been the case for the last you know three or four games when it matters most right and so how can you not you want me to give it to you now or you still want no, to finish the Philly? Highlights? Let's let's just crank through this and get and get to the <laughs> meat meat of where our heart is. Because right. this season is uh is done <laughs> and you know we've got to start thinking about Pineda as the future or not. Yeah.
0: 253 Um Carmen in the highlight package. Um there's a counterattack from Philadelphia. Right, yeah, right. Perfect. So if you're looking at this clip, that's Wiley, a very, very, very fast player in white defensively. And uh, I don't know who it is for for, for Philadelphia. Maybe may guys I can't remember yep. his name from Hungary. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, who do you think is getting
1: to the ball? I mean, in this situation, it's tough because Wiley isn't in full stride where the Philadelphia player is. Wiley's a little closer, but he's at an angle so you feel like it's going to be almost fifty fifty by the time it it, mm-hmm. it happens, but you're going to go advantage Philadelphia because he's got a straight line on the ball.
0: Yeah, so if maybe. He,
1: so if he can get a toe to it, I don't. And I honestly don't remember what happens here. So I'm just yeah. looking at this frame.
0: So Wiley's going to come over. It looks like he can get there first, or right. at least at the exact same time. And he's so worried about getting beat because there's no one else behind him that he pulls out of this challenge. Play, play it for the next five seconds. Oh, see. Stop it. And he had three people in cover all bombing back. Yeah, but this is part of the snowballing effect, right? You know, in any kind of normal defensive play, if you had anybody else back, he goes in all out and he makes the challenge, right? But you see how he hesitated in his mind and he pulled out of that challenge? Um, because, so for those of you who aren't on YouTube, it's, it was Philadelphia running towards midfield on a counter-attack. Wiley is the only one back because I think it was a corner. Yeah. Um, and we, for I mean, at, God bless us, only leave one guy back on corners and he can't make that challenge. He goes to, 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 to make the challenge. He hesitates and then he backs
1: out. And at minimum, I mean, he could have just kept his feet and blocked him from doing anything. I mean, there's no way that.
0: Okay. Now pause it again. Pause it. Um, so we're going to play it a few more seconds and you're going to see that he is now going to play the ball to an absolutely offside Philadelphia player. Now, this is something we've talked about in the past. This is my pet peeve on the refereeing thing. Right. And
1: then he, he lets it go. I'm losing the audio here. Yeah. He, he lets it go, um, to the guy who's on sides, who's, right. who's dragging behind. Right? right. So
0: in my opinion, he plays it here to a guy who's clearly offside and it's literally right at his feet. He literally like almost dummies it, right? That's offside, right? He played it to a guy. You can't say he wasn't in the play, right? I, I, I would have flagged it and, and you know, they would say, yeah, but he didn't touch it. I said, it doesn't matter. He's in the
1: play. It's it's the same concept as if an offside player is blocking the vision of the goalkeeper. Yeah, It's the same thing here. It's yeah. like he's part of the play. He's... He's making the defenders react in a way that um, offsides is in. in And I've
0: told you, it's absolutely ripe for the exploitation. If you're a terrible side and you can't score, send the guy 10 yards offside, play it to him. All the defenders stop and just count on your guys already knowing that and running on, you get breakaway. Yep. Right. So play the clip. They're going to show it in a reverse angle and you can really see how offside he is. the line anyway there. Yeah, we do. We end up standing off the line, but here now, show right. Look how badly offside he is. And it goes oh, yeah. right to him and he's just like, oh, I'm going to leave it. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> that That is exploiting the rules. What do you think, Carmen?
1: Yeah, definitely. And he's in Parada's way. Is yes. that Parada? I can't Yeah, it's Parada. But he's yeah. also sort of in Parada's way yeah, to get that's a good to point
0: and, too. Right? So, yeah. So, Pineda was livid about this. I think... God bless, you know, I think that had they scored and they VAR'd this, I think they would have let the goal stand. They said, as long as he doesn't touch it, it's okay. And I think it's not okay.
1: It's not okay, Mikey. We'll, we'll never know mm-hmm. what MLS right. refereeing and VAR would do. Yeah. yeah.
0: 343. Corner kick.
1: So this is the dying seconds of uh, of the half. This uh, is yeah, I keep uh, going a little further. This is when I uh, stopped listening on the radio. I was like, "Oh, it's going to be one-one at halftime." Just go a few seconds further. You're almost. There. I was like, "If we can get the there tie, is. if we can get the tie, I'll be happy." We're on the road in Philadelphia, a team that's better than us. There you go. I was just kind of hoping for a tie at this point. And then yeah, it-
0: you know, we dominated, you know, a large spell of this first half, right? They gave up the first goal that never should have given up because Rios Novo should make the save. Yeah. Then we score right to get it back. But anyway, we're, we're at 1-1 here. And now Mikey Dobbs, we have it paused here right on the corner kick,
1: uh-huh. right? Is it zonal marking or is it man-to-man? Uh, so we've got a guy who is clearly zoned at the front post because mm-hmm,
0: there's nobody yeah. <laughs> anywhere close to him.
1: <laughs> um, there's a guy at the top of the box, marking the guy that he's in the center of the box, but he's marking the guy at the top of the circle. Yeah. sure. Uh, it looks like the two guys on the back are marked up, uh, one V one. So there's man V man yeah. on the two guys on the end. Uh, there's another guy who's kind of cutting in near post and he looks like he's marked, um Gootman, there's a guy in front of him, so I'm assuming he's marking him mm-hmm. man v man. And then Wiley is le- letting his guy standing free in front of him <laughs> on the back post. So I that's don't that's
0: the definition
1: of a zone, Mikey does. So I don't get when
0: you let a guy be two yards goal side right. of you inside closer to the thing, that's the definition right. of a zone.
1: So but that I mean it, there's one guy, it's not even zone, it's just not yes, not that more, is yeah.
0: zone, because the coach has told him that we're gonna play those guys across. And oh, so that? he sees that guy
1: no. and he's standing hold there. Hold on. He's hold- not that much
0: of an idiot. Well, no,
1: I mean Wiley's clearly that much of an idiot. Who's he marking? Like, who's he even zone marking at this point?
0: It does, in a zone, you're not marking.
1: No, but... That's the whole point. No, I think you misunderstand a no. zone. <laughs> I don't misunderstand a zone. I don't misunderstand a zone. Okay. It, I mean, you might as well walk to the corner flag in this situation. <laughs>
0: Well, no, he's there in case the ball is delivered there, and somebody from the middle runs over to there.
1: Who? Who? What's <laughs> why what Wiley also has to assess the situation. I know the kid's seventeen, but who's who's behind them? Not in his zone. That's not the role. It's Dave. <laughs> that's this it's is what they're Dave. being coached. At some point, there's accountability on a player yeah. to use mm. your brain. Well. Okay, so you have to have soccer brains at some point, <laughs> whether you're playing zone or not. Who is Wiley have in this situation that's a threat? No, even, even in a zone, right? So you're zoning up. If there were two players that were like coming in way from the back, well, then- who's
0: the guy on the front? I don't know who it is, but maybe Lennon or something. Who is on the front post? Who is he marking? No one he's
1: zoned for yeah, sure. But that's but like like you. Like you <laughs> What's talk, the difference? Well what the difference is is like you said, <laughs> there, there can be one guy who's zone, right? Which could be like a Joseph or Lennon in this case coming off the near post. Now if Wiley is marking inside his defender there, then we're all pretty much man be man here. Right? Correct? I, I
0: think that they're
1: correct. I just went through the whole thing. If Wiley is sitting inside of his guy, we are man be man. Right, Dave.
0: You would think that, but it's not actually true. It's just, it just looks that way by where sort of Philadelphia players are. Are well, you're actually asking playing. me
1: to assess the, yeah. assess what I'm seeing?
0: Yeah, I know, but what I'm saying is, as you when you when she when Carmen hits play on the clip, you'll see that the Philadelphia players, of course, will take off as soon as they take off. You can tell who's zoning and who's man marking because if you're man marking, you go with. If you're zoning, you don't. You stay in there and you hope you wait for someone to come into your zone right and so you'll actually see on this clip that the vast majority of atlanta united players i think it's six are zoning right there's only three who run with a player maybe four um it's a little unclear about the fourth player but um nobody runs with a player including wiley has been told as an 18 year old this is your zone you don't get over there that's supposed to be Gutman or Parata in that other zone there. Now
1: Gutman's got the guy that's right in front of
0: him. Well, that one in a zone. If two guys come into there, then it's two v one by definition. Let's, that's the way it works. Let's see
1: this. I think this was designed to be man v man, and Wiley mm-hmm. Wiley's on an island losing his mind. No, nope. go ahead. Let's hit this. Yeah. I, no, I that. That was supposed to be man be man. They no. just the players got it all wrong.
0: No, <laughs> no. no, 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 no. You're wrong, no, no.
1: Coach Dave. You're wrong. <laughs> I just so, disagree, like I will at the
0: bar with you. I disagree. So wait. Um, freeze it. Okay, oh, sorry. I missed it. Okay, go back. Just go back right. a few things. We'll tell you. I'll tell you when to freeze it again. Let's see. Just go back ten. Where, yeah, a little more. Yeah. No. Okay. Three, I hit play. Let's see if I can Hold something. on a second. Right, ready and freeze it okay yeah so you can tell by definition that it had been a zone because in a zone the players are there and they go after the ball if you're a man-to-man you mark them the entire time if you look there are three players at the t- six yard box on philadelphia all of whom are wide open that is the definition of a zone because ah. otherwise, you have to say that Parada doesn't want to know what he's doing. Franco doesn't know what he's doing, right? Araujo doesn't know what he's doing. Sosa doesn't know what he's doing. Correct. I don't buy it.
1: <laughs> like. I, I honestly think in that scenario, that that is... N- none of them know what they're doing because they marked up on a player, okay? Man to man. We just watched it. They set up as... So what you're saying is they set up man-to-man and they chose to play it as a zone because they all attacked the ball and left their man, which is exactly what happens. So I'm not going to disagree with you that the players played it like a zone, but they set up from the, the onset like it was man v man
0: They played it like a zone because it was a zone.
1: No, they played it.
0: <laughs>
1: they played man v man and then just ran towards I the ball. I completely le- disagree they with left you. Their, they left their mark. Have they bumped their guy and stayed on him? There's no such thing as
0: leaving your mark in a zone because you're supposed to be marking an area. And when the ball comes there, you go to the ball. Right. The whole idea of a zone is that there can be no spaces open because everybody is equally you know, spaced out. And you only go to the ball and try to win it if it's in your area. Right. And so it doesn't matter. There can be three guys who run into your area. That's no problem because you're there. You win the ball. That's the idea behind his own. Now, anybody who knows would say three V one, we're in big trouble. Right. That's
1: why it doesn't make any sense. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Well, that's maybe why I'm confused because every one yeah. of our players, it's awful, had a man and they chose not to stay with him. Yeah, because they're in his own. They weren't in his zone. <laughs> they were man-v-man, but maybe they were being coached to play that as a zone, which what do you I think? don't understand. I, I Carmen, t- what, are you, what are you seeing, honestly? I, no, I, too, am confused. Were they playing a hybrid, like some man? Mm-hmm. Some zone is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Well, the only hybrid was Lennon was free on the near post to attack the ball.
0: No, no, no. The hybrid is there was only three players who were actually man marking, and you could see that because as soon as that clip played, three guys went with three Philadelphia players, and everybody else stood where they no, were.
1: I agree. You could only see it when the the place the play plays, right? Yeah,
0: it's really hard to. I'm I'm putting you in a bad situation Correct. by saying well who the zone is or whatever until you actually see it go. It's hard to tell
1: that, and that is my point. Okay. Is you thank you for saying that because because you I don't a,
0: mean to throw you under the bus throwing, that's not that's not my you're that's
1: not. you're throwing me under the bus because <laughs> I'm, a, I'm sorry a, i didn't get to watch this game yeah i was fishing fair and but if you're if you're just analyzing the game right you're like oh they're they're all marked up 1v1 except for wiley which i don't understand why he's like lingering on the far post which it's his <laughs> own <laughs> no, 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 but hold on. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. But even in a zone, he shouldn't be there.
0: In a zone, he should be there. No,
1: he shouldn't. Why? The zone who, is stupid. Who
0: <laughs> in a
1: zone, that's what you're supposed to do. But who would he be who what in a zone though you also have to read the setup? So set, the idea in, in a zone you also have to read the setup of, of the situation. And there was no one where that zone position could have been helpful.
0: Yeah, well, in a zone, you you're supposed to stay there so that um, you know, maybe there's nobody there at all, but let's say it gets deflected and it goes there, or maybe a guy makes a bent run around the far post, and now he, you're the guy who's waiting there for that run, but you're supposed to stay there. That's the whole point. I know, but no one was going to be there.
1: Yeah. No one could have possibly <laughs> been there. Often
0: nobody is going to be there, Mikey Dobbs, because, you know... Anybody who sees, you know, a good coach who sees that the other team is playing a zone, all you do is overload the zone, right? So if you're playing, you know, you're a football fan, right? So if you're playing... Football as in soccer? No, yeah. as in American
1: football. No, I stopped watching in 2016. <laughs> well, you've watched I don't know the if you remember <laughs> 23, but that was the last no. time I watched. Yeah.
0: So if you have a zone, which happens a lot in the NFL, it's really hard to cover man-to-man, right? They usually have some guy trying to cover man-to-man, and then there's somebody's zone to pick that up. It's like a free safety or something, yeah. right? But if they play a bunch wide receivers, right? So they, let's say they play four or five receivers all on one side, and you have a zone and you only have one guy over there, <laughs> right? Yeah. The defense is always going to audible out of that and change. Right. They're never going to leave the one guy trying to mark five guys. But in a zone and a corner kick in, a, in American, in, in a European football, soccer, right? You don't, you can't audible out of that. Right. That, That's the that, whole point.
1: No, no, that was my point is anybody who has soccer brains, which I'll give Wiley a little bit of slack here, should have realized he was no good sitting, yeah, well, sitting outside playing zone on no one yeah. that could get into that zone. That's my point.
0: But that's not what the coaches are telling them. Their coaches are like, this is your Some, area. I sometimes need to area.
1: what the coach told you and what reality is are different than what's being a good soccer sure, player. Sure,
0: but why would why would the coach tell you if it's bad?
1: <laughs> <laughs> because this coach is not a good coach. I
0: mean, I always go back to um, uh, Benitez when he was coaching Liverpool, right? And he, he was one of the pioneers on zonal marking defensively, right? Yeah, on on free kicks and corners. Yeah, Rafael Rafael Benitez when he was coaching Liverpool. And, you know, he's like, zone is much better. We don't get picked off. There's all this chaos that goes on, and the zone is the only way to defend it. And the journalists... Uh, said, yeah, but you've given up by far the most goals off of corner kicks and free kicks in the league. He says, oh, and he walks off. The, you know, the, <laughs> you know, um, don't ever let actually reality get in the way of a don't good system. Stat, don't let stats bother you. Yeah, like, I mean. Uh, do we and do, speaking do, of stats. Yeah. How many goals have we given up on set pieces this
1: year? Oh, man. Oof. I'm going to guess, like, uh, how many games have we played? What are we at? At, at least 20, right? At least 20, right? Right. Yep. So I'm going to guess um, 25 goals. No. Oh. <laughs> no. That's
0: no. High. That's, That's high. really high.
1: Okay. What's the number? We've
0: given up 12. It's leading the league.
1: I mean, we just, I feel like...
0: And none of those have been on...
1: At the beginning of the season, I just felt like all our goals were set pieces. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we talked a lot about corner kicks. It's It's really bad.
0: In a typical Premier League season, if you lead the entire league in giving up goals, it's somewhere around 10. The really good teams on free kicks, they give up. Their teams that give up like two, three, right? I mean, if you get it right, you get it right. And it makes a huge difference. You, you know, 2 or 3 yeah. and 12 is really big. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot. Uh, let's,
1: let's get through this package of highlights here of us getting drummed 4 to 1. Yep.
0: Yeah, so there's only one more highlight. God bless. 459. I'm frightened. Yeah, Rios Novo. Rios Novo. Okay, so what's going to happen is Philadelphia's going to cross the ball. It gets headed a mile up in the air. Any goalkeeper who had any height would come and claim, and he comes and absolutely obliterates the Philadelphia player, gets nowhere near the ball, it's by definition a red card, and the only reason why the referee doesn't give him a red card is the referee feels so bad because he looks terrible and they gave up the goal <laughs> because he falls over, the ball drops down, and the guy just kicks it in the goal. Mikey Dobbs.
1: All right, let's see this.
0: All right, you're not
1: going to be impressed. It goes
0: up. Watch Ronaldo. Right.
1: Oh. Uh. I did watch this earlier. Yeah. Uh. Why, I mean, why did Rios Novos come out for that? As a 5'9 goalkeeper, you cannot
0: come out for that. That's what it is. But a good goalkeeper would come and claim that. Okay, yeah. Up in the air, Yeah, yeah. But he absolutely <laughs> <laughs> obliterates. Watch how he hits the Philadelphia player. I mean, he punches right through him. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, but if you're a big player there, you get away with that because you're just a big player. Sure, but when you're a little little guy who punches somebody in the but face, but he gets nowhere close to the ball, no, no, and the was, ball drops behind him. For he wasn't. He, he was at least a second and a half late to that. I mean, that was awful. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. He was never getting anywhere close to that. Was that. depressing. Can we stop watching this highlight? Yeah. All right. Okay.
0: So so let's get to the. I'm the, just going to reiterate what I said before from Doug Roberson. Pineda hinted. Hinted that Raul Godinho may get a chance Sunday at Portland. (laughs) You think? Oh my God. You think? How long ago would I'm you so, have made that change? Does?
1: As soon as he was available, Dave, like that's, yes. I was so excited about the guy. I was yes.
0: Like, Cause we were like, and we said this actually at the time, if you go yeah. back in the podcast, we said, look, God, you know, great. We had Pineda. He bailed us out. Uh, Pineda. We had, we had New Yes Novo for, yeah, he, for a he, week. He bailed us out, but now we got a good toggle. Right. Let's go. And, and I said at the time, he is not our answer. Right, even before no, any of this happened, I was.
1: I mean, I was excited f- about Goudinho. I was like, "All right, great, we got this. This guy who's got experience. It was it like Guadalajara? He was at and uh, Club America. Is Cl- no, I don't think so.
0: Goudinho? It yeah. said uh, Goudinho, who has played for Club America and yeah, okay. the Mexican national team. That's according to Doug Robertson.
1: Okay, then uh, there you go. Uh, either, either way, I, I expected him to get a start right away. At least once he got. Comfortable with the club, who is healthy, give the guy a start, and Pineda, give him a chance. What what, I mean, what in the world could be going on behind the scenes where (laughs) where this guy can't even get a minute? I don't know. I mean, the, the people on Twitter happen to think he's not a good enough cone during the warm ups well, for the strikers to shoot at him from the penalty spot. I'll take
0: a six foot three cone over a five foot nine. 1,000%. <laughs> uh, every time. I mean, you know, you hate to say that because you're like better goalkeeper, but it doesn't matter. You could be a twice as good goalkeeper and you're still not as good at five mm-hmm. nine than, than a six foot three. Yeah, but I'm with Mikey Dobbs. He
1: tinkers with so much.
0: Ah, you yeah. set me up. Why not? It's like, I mean, I have to say, dear podcast listener, Mikey Dobbs and Carmen have not been, <laughs> I, this is not a setup.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, but you're saying the exact same thing. So here it is, right? So Pineda is always, always, a few weeks late in figuring out a problem. Okay. So, I mean, this, Rios Novo was a perfect example. The fact that he is now considering making a change is a little bit too late. But even more importantly, right? He has no ability to figure out which changes are work, working and which are not. You know, for example, I'll give you an example, right? So, Araujo. Right At some point in the middle of the season, he switched him from an inverted to a normal. Right Right away, he assisted the ball with his left foot, and he got a chance on goal. It looked like it was going to work. But he put Araujo right back to inverted. So maybe he didn't think that that worked. Maybe he didn't. But here's the thing, okay? And this is exactly what you guys have been saying. When part of the problem, a huge part of the problem, is... When you change so many things at once, when you do that, it's really, really hard to figure out which changes are working and which ones are not, right? If you're not really seeing the problem, right, then, you know, if you were to see the problem, right, you make a change that you think you'll fix that will fix the problem, and you stick with it. But if you don't really see what the problem is, you're not sure, right, then you have no conviction, you switch things back, you start switching this,
1: and sh- shortly thereafter, you start becoming a tinkerer. The only thing Pineda has kept consistent is Rios Novos in goal. Yes. And this is a guy that's supposed to be analytical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That... He he can't look up what you sh- you showed in three podcasts ago that 79% or 79 other goalkeepers <laughs> in MLS yeah. that are on M- an MLS team, 79 other goalkeepers mm-hmm. are over 6'2", which means really most, and right. uh, I think you said like 99% of the starters are
0: 6'4". Yeah, they're 6'3", or 6'4".
1: Yeah. 6'3", I mean, you're five, six inches. That's gigantic in any sort of sample size of what is relevant.
0: So at the end of the day, in <sighs> my opinion, coaches coaching is about seeing and understanding, right? And I don't think Pineda sees or really understands. For example, if he really saw, or if he really understood, he would have at least tried an experiment of not sending the backs forward all the time, or even, even there have been occasional moments where we've looked mediocre the whole game. We've finally gotten a game-tying goal or a go-ahead goal, right, Mikey Dobbs, and he's still sending the guys back, you know, outside the, the yeah. sides, guys bombing down the sides. And so if you can't see it and call it off then, that means you have no idea that it's causing us a problem. Yeah. Because even if you felt like it's such an advantage attacking-wise that um, it's worth it, You would never do it if you just got a one goal lead and there's five minutes left in the game. You would just call off the dogs. He never does, which means he doesn't see it as a problem.
1: I'm just, I'm exhausted, Dave. That's it. I'm really exhausted Mm -hmm. of where we are as a. As, so he's seeing
0: little things. He's switching things, some of which are working, some of which are not, but you have no ability to identify that because you're making too many switches. Right. Or, and he can't really figure out and he's not really, he doesn't really know exactly what the problem is. So he's trying this, he's trying that, whatever, and you can't figure it out becomes tinkering right? It becomes waffling, right? The players don't know what you're doing. Then you're not actually, you know, even if you're wrong, Mikey Dobbs, if you think that there's a problem and you make one consistent change to fix it, then the players can believe in it. Yeah. Even if it's not
1: right, you sometimes will overcome that because the players are like, Whoa, the coach sees what the problem is. So Dave, and we talked a little bit about this in the last podcast, right? So if somebody's assessing the performance of Pineda, Yep. it would have been Darren Eels previously. Like, who would, who's <laughs> whose role would that be to make a decision? Like, is this the right coach? I still think
0: it's probably Bocanegra's, but I don't really know.
1: Like, or. that's what I'm saying. Who's so okay? Bocanegra has potentially the power to say, "Okay, Pineda doesn't get it." God bless. Him. I hope he does, and I and I hope. And this is where like, if I would love to know, like, who can we ask this question to to get get. To an answer, right? Because Darren Eels... Jason might
0: know some about okay. inside working, you know, about who would really right. make that call. And that's a question you can ask him. You can't necessarily ask a guy who's within the system to, you know, throw the coach under the bus or, or whatever, but you can ask him who's making that call. Yeah.
1: I mean, but, but right now... Jason
0: Longshore for the... But,
1: the but right players. now, right? Like, you can only assume, as far as someone who has any qualification to do <laughs> it within the front office, is yeah. Bocanegro, correct? Yeah. So, so sure. the the only person right now to go to Darren or to go to uh, Arthur Blank with yeah. any sort of gumption and be like, yeah. "Look, we tried the Pineda experiment. We brought in the nice guy to, you know, fix the yep. H- Heinze water break fiasco right. of somebody who I still <laughs> I still think Heinze was our guy, dude." to do it's he's just, certainly
0: better than panetta he's definitely better i mean he's than a Beneta. nut job it's does, I, I like
1: nut jobs you know yeah. this uh, no water for you i love that oh God! that's how i grew up that you don't need water <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> who cares about the rules you can't train you know 17 days in a row who needs water just go like come on You're they're professional straight. like You die on your own time. (laughs) Yeah, you play here, go home and die. Don't do it here.
1: But you know that we're we're at the point now where we're looking at 2023, right? So yeah, now you got Boca Negra trying to figure out okay what what roster change uh, things need to happen, what coaching changes need to happen because he's the only guy qualified to. Consult with Arthur Blank, right? Somebody somebody would have to sack. I have, I, Hold on. Some, I going to stop
0: you one half second there. We're still only
1: three points below the playoff No, we're done,
0: dude. We're done. <laughs> Will you stop it? I, yeah, stop I agree with it. you. Stop I, just, it. But just to be fair to the people out there who might be like, are we truly done? Is it over? Points-wise. It's done. Well, what I would say is it's the done. counter to that argument is points-wise, you've needed to make the playoffs in the past. We're not getting there. So I agree with you. I think those of you who are thinking that, that we're only three points below the line, it's overly optimistic. It's not going to happen. So go ahead. Sorry.
1: I'm, I think we have a chance. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to put it out there. <laughs> just saying there is a chance. <laughs> Samsonite. I was way off. <laughs> Dumb and dumber. Yeah. I'm here for the jokes. Yes. All right. So we're looking towards 2023. Yep. We've got to make some changes, Dave. This is not, not working. Some just one. <laughs> exactly. So this is. It's I'm, an easy fix. It's an easy fix. Find a coach. To, we've talked about it before. Who has a resume that's a winning resume? Mm-hmm. So you don't make the change unless you find that guy who's willing to come to Atlanta, right? And be the coach who has a winning resume. Right. There's, there's a ton of options. I'm sure there's a ton of options out there. That, you I mean, know, it's. I think people think that there are a
0: ton of options. Um, they're not, really. they are surprisingly few really excellent coaches. Now, I think, you know, a mediocre coach with this team could have would be, have us way, well above the playoff line, maybe even have an outside chance of winning a title. I think we can do better. So what I would say is even if you don't get it right and get a real winning coach, we'd still be way better you off. Don't,
1: you don't think we could attract, like, a Liga MX coach with the a- U.S. Dream, like, wants to make a...
0: Tato Martino?
1: not not No, <laughs> he's Argentinian, though, I but, know. and he's the Mexican he's international. A Mexican he's the Mexican national I'm talking coach, about, like, a Liga, Liga MX Liga MX East coach, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. a guy who's got a winning record, right? A guy who's mm-hmm. proven, he's got years of experience. Yeah. How can we not get one of those guys?
0: Well, to be honest with you, even as I have said in the past, which people go nuts about, right? I'd even go in the college ranks and find, you know, Caleb Porter... Came out of nowhere to win national title with Akron, okay. right? And he can clearly coach, right? Coaching is coaching at any level, yeah. right? If you get a winner, right? I mean, I don't know
1: that it's. I mean, yes. I mean, there's.
0: Can they handle this kind of? You know, you know the professionalism, professionalism, the yeah. the, the press conferences, the dealing with egos. Uh, you know, who knows? Yeah. But so I'd rather <laughs> have a professional coach with
1: a winning record. But if I, push came to shove. Yeah, but I feel like if you're doing your research, right, and like who's in the English Premier League, even Champions League, ch- championships uh, sides, right? There, maybe one of those coaches wants to be in the U.S. for a little while. What You know, somebody who's got a winning record, right? That's even like a mid-level team that's overachieving. Well,
0: Tugel's about to get fired. Oh god! <laughs> uh, don't bring him here. He's I my know. least. He's favorite, got a winning record. He's my least favorite coach. <laughs> <laughs> Well, who it is? Pochettino is available, but,
1: you know, he's not coming here. No. There's some guys who are just not coming here.
0: Right. I mean, I I, I agree. We, one thing we've done, and I don't know the coaching as, as much, um, you know, we've brought in a lot of players from the South American ranks, and I think that would probably be one place I'd be seriously looking is that the coaches, you know, I would take a coach who's doing well in Argentina yeah. um, or Brazil. We bring know.
1: all these players. Why don't we bring a coach from Yeah. Them? Yeah. yeah.
0: And they might want to get out of the madness as the players do of all that. Yeah. Have stability, get paid a lot. Um yeah.
1: don't have the, don't have their car tires slashed after they lose a game. That probably happens down there. Yeah.
0: But um Tata's
1: the obvious one. Why not? I know we talked about it. Tata's not back. coming though. He's not coming. Why not? No? Uh I,
0: I What re- else is he gonna do?
1: <sighs> he well he he left Atlanta because he said he didn't the, the rigor of the MLS schedule He's traveling so much. And that's why Mm. he took an international job. The coaching duties are much less in terms of like your schedule. He's like, I I can't be away from my family this long. So he was Mm. away from his family in Argentina. And so Mm. I think the Mexican international job affords Mm. him that private jet flight back to see his family more often. Sure. So I think that yeah, the
0: internationalists, they really don't play very often.
1: No, they don't. So, (laughs) so sadly, I think that's the X factor of why Tata is not coming back.
0: I feel bad, you know, I feel like we're letting down the podcast listeners because I really don't have the expertise of all the coaches down there, and I don't even know where to do a deep dive. I feel like we should be helping them. But, um, you know, at some level, does it really matter anyway, right, because we might come up with the best coach, but, you know, Atlanta United is not yeah. listening to us. But, um, I, you know, I've, it, to me, you know, for example, if we go back to France – right yeah and we were talking about it last week right how nobody was just clamoring to get the coach that Paris Saint Germain got right. is beyond me because his record with every team has been super successful um hello <laughs> you know yeah. Yeah, well, um, I
1: think Elliot has my positive outlook on life he says give Pineda one more season no no (laughs) no no No. well if he goes no says pochettino because he's he's had enough of a runway here he's had well he's been here about a year which means he's going to have a year and a quarter right by the time it wraps up Mm -hmm. and he's he's making such fundamental bad decisions yeah
0: you know, yeah, you have it's to hard, judge. It's hard to bet on them. You have to judge. And you say, look, you know, people will say, like, oh, you know, Sir Alex Ferguson lost for three years in a row before winning. And, you know, all these famous coaches did that. But you got to understand that those coaches took over a club that was in complete disarray with a squad that was not so good. Right, They didn't come into a club that has the most expensive roster in the league. And I think a decently composed roster, sometimes just most expensive, doesn't equal right. good. But I think there is talent and composure. Whether or not that is complete talent to win MLS or not, uh, you know, you can argue whatever. I think it is. I think there is enough talent to win MLS with this team. Um, but it's certainly not talent to be flirting with,
1: uh, um, you know, last place. Yeah. So there's a lot of lot of social chatter out there on turning the whole thing upside down. We gotta yep. get rid of all the players other than like three players, you know? And it's like Dave, t- no. talk some common sense into some no. people. Like this roster is not that right. bad.
0: Well, it's interesting, you know, because there's a tendency to throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? In that you see it's bad, it's gone bad, and then you um you know, you're just like the players have to be bad. They can't have the right attitude or whatever. And that's quite often true when you see a team performing this badly. But every once in a while you see a coach who is literally maximizing awful. Right. And all you do is you have a new coach comes in and it's, you've seen it in sports. There are moments a new coach comes in and boom, the team goes from like last place to winning the title in a year. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, and how do you know when it's that versus something else? But if you look at our team, right, you've got players who can just beat players like cones, right? I mean, Araujo has not been effective the whole year, and you can say that whatever, but he goes around players like cones. Yeah. A good coach can use that. Right. right. Almada is uh, an absolutely brilliant. He makes great decisions as the season's gone on. He's had less and less good decisions to make yeah. because, you know, the team is just falling apart. People aren't making the runs anymore because it's all, you know, terrible and whatever. And you
1: got this weird anomaly of uh, M- Moreno who yeah. clearly is a very skilled footballer. Yeah. And so when you look at that and as a coach, you don't know how to, he doesn't know how to use his chess pieces. He does not. Right.
0: Has no idea. Has no idea. Has no idea what to do with this team.
1: So, Dave, well, again, I'm going to just rewind. What would you do if you're starting against Portland? Yeah. You got, you have this starting oh, line. Oh, easy peasy. You have these, you have the starting roster. Yep. Who are you starting against Portland? Go, let's go through the 11.
0: Uh, Gutman at left back he's No,
1: let's go from goalie.
0: Oh, goalkeeper Godinho. Oh, really? Oh. Why, why is that? Because he's he is Not
1: 6 Rocka. inches taller than <laughs> Rios. Right. No, no. We got that out of the way. Move on.
0: You know, and even if he's like a statue terrible, you know, whatever, you still get there's no way that you played for Club they, America. They, they, he played in the Champions League, this guy, in Europe. Know. And and he's played for a Mexican international Start. There's no way he's like a stiff ogre, whatever. He may
1: be not as great as we think he is, but he's still better than Rios Nova. Unless there's some sort of George Best story back there where he's getting shit-bagged at the bar. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> like, that would make sense to me. Like, that would make sense, right? But, like, can we talk about it if that's the case? Yeah, if that's the
0: case, you know, send him to rehab. And then, so then if you're... <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're Pineda and you know something like that, then right. you can't, you're like, I can't keep getting blamed for this. This guy needs to go to rehab or whatever. Right.
1: You gotta so- do something. At least we're making up good rumors. <laughs> All right.
0: On from the goalkeeper. All right. Gutman, who I think to me is shown nothing but excellence. His defending is excellent. His positioning, he reads the danger, he gets forward. And if he were given. An opportunity to actually read the game and go forward when it's on and don't go forward when it's not on. He'd be brilliant. Mm -hmm. Okay, obviously in the center back, um, I would play um, Franco and Parata. Right? Do I think that either of them are absolutely superior? No. Um, You know, there there is a reason that when we give up all these crazy things, they're not bailing us out yeah, enough. Okay. Right. So I don't think they're great, um, but they are certainly serviceable. And if they're really protected, I think they could be great. We could have a great defensive. So team.
1: who's going to protect them.
0: So the two players you're protecting them would be Sosa and Ibarra. Okay. Right. I would have Sosa as a true defensive midfielder. Your job is to sit in and break up your everything you, on the most dangerous player. You are, you know, the guy who's, you know, organizing and starting the recycling. And the first guy you get to organize with is a Barra. You get to, I'm on the most dangerous guy, and you get to point to a Barra who works his rear off, right, as the second guy. And if you have that, and they are dedicated to defending, right, then anytime we lose the ball and they start to play out, first of all, we don't have the madness of somebody wide open because our two outside backs are not going to be going up the field. Like they were right. At most, we will ever, ever, ever have one of our four defenders going forward. Okay. and I would give the license to any one of them to go forward to be attacking. They win the ball, play it, and step forward into the midfield. Keep going, but there will always be three back. There will always be Sosa sitting in front of them, and there will be Abara who's truly in the center of the field. So Sosa's on the most dangerous guy. He's pointing to Abara. We got three guys back.
1: So you're essentially saying there's always five guys back then. Yes, there's five guys back all the time. Because if one winger wants to bomb up, go ahead, but you yes. got the five that are six. Five back. guys back all the time and occasionally six. Right. But don't ever press both fullbacks up because then you, then... You're at, at best leaving four in the back, but probably right. less than that. So my,
0: if, if Gutman is down the left side and going forward and bombing forward, which he can do if he's played the ball and he's going forward, then Lennon or Hernandez would be all the way back. And they could sneak up with the play, maybe even get towards the outside of the penalty area. But depending on who's there, if there's a guy back there, uh-uh. You get on him and mark him because yep. you're a defender,
1: yep. Mikey Dalbs. they I don't think they're getting that directive. No, they're not getting that at all. <laughs> Nobody's ever said to bother to tell
0: them they're a defender, right? So I would, to be honest with you, I think I would probably play Hernandez because his natural instinct is it's... to stay back rather than Lennon bombing I was, forward. I was
1: about to ask you that. As much as I love Brooks Lennon, yeah. who do you play as a right back?
0: I would say Hernandez.
1: Right, because yeah. he's defensive. And it's not because I don't dislike Brooks Lennon. Correct. He's just not set up for this team.
0: Well, and Brooks Lennon could also be an outside midfielder at times and can give you some goals. And late in the game, if you're down a goal, right, and you're bringing on the extra forward in Dom Dwyer, right, or Cisneros, a tall guy, then you could replace you could replace Hernandez with Lennon and now you have a guy crossing to two guys in the box who are big, who are sitting there. And if they're sitting back in siege mentality, then Lennon can be a weapon
1: because he can serve a nice ball. So with Gutman being your guy who's got football brains yep. and can attack forward, at least shows some yep. capability of like having some finishing quality, quality. what about Mascara, this new guy? Come Mascara up. is
0: a... Is a absolute change of pace off the bench. The guy who I'm going to bring on often in the 70th minute and the defenders are like, Oh my God, we have been watching you guys interchange all the time. They've
1: been getting beaten up by Gutman the whole time. And we
0: are honestly, we are going to keep them shoved in their own end because when we have our five guys back, they are not going to get past half field very often, right? We are going to recycle balls, recycle balls, recycle balls, right? Okay, so we keep going? Yeah, keep going. So Almada in a free role in the midfield, yeah. right? Your job is to find the pockets of space right and left in the center of so the he's midfield. acting as a 10, really. A true 10. You get on the ball, and you create, create, create. Right, I mean, let him run the show. Yeah. your job, that's not defensively. Be, you know, he can come back sometimes and double team. You know, you've got Sosa marking a guy, you got a Barra
1: marking the second guy. He can come back and be that pesky guy who yeah. double teams and stuff like that. Yeah, but makes, that's his defensive role. Yeah, it shakes it up, gets back to Sosa, then it gets released, and then I'm on. When up. we the
0: few times when they get up the field and we're trying to get out of our back. I want Almada open every single time. I do not want you ever coming back to our 18-yard box tracking somebody unless, you know, emergency, everybody's out forward. But basically, you should be open every time the ball turns over. We want you available, and we want you on the ball, and hit the gas. Because once Almada gets on the ball, I got two wingers who can really fly and who can go by players one-on-one. I got Araujo on the left, and I got Moreno on the right. Both of those guys, one-on-one on on those outside spots, nobody can handle them. Frightening. Frightening. Both of them can serve a ball. Both of them can get in and combine at the back post and score goals, right, through the middle. So if we play out wide to Araujo, Moreno's not going to be out all the way out wide. He's going to be making that diagonal run and trying to combine in the middle. Right, and he's not going to be running into the other guys in the middle because Ibarra and Sosa are sitting. Who
1: are you starting up front?
0: Martinez. Okay, because we're going to play through the middle all the time. We're going to recycle the ball all the time. We're going to play, you know, lots of little balls in the middle, and we're going to get him, you know, an opportunity to take one touch and shoot and show
1: his finishing ability. If we were to start that starting lineup, you know, five five games, right? Yeah. What you just described. Right. I think we would win at least four of those games. Right. It's, I mean, and I'm not being, and, and I, I guarantee you there's some listeners out there out there just disagreeing adamantly with what we're saying, but you're wrong. <laughs> And then you have players off the bench
0: who can change the game. Yeah. So you have Mascaro, who's got pacey. He's left footed. Got
1: Lennon, who can come on. You and got Lennon, and who can course. cross.
0: Yeah. And and you can yeah. in a in, a, cross. in yeah. a siege mentality game, a team that you know gets a fluke goal and is up one, and we you know they're packing the in back at home in the Mercedes Benz. You can bring on Lennon at right back, and you can bring on Dom Dwyer, and you can bring on Cisneros. Yeah. Right. And at that game, when when they're packed all in the back and there's no room for tiki tacky in the middle and you're having to serve balls in late in the last 15 minutes, you can bring off Joseph.
1: What happened to Huzetu and uh, and Hyman? So Josetu is the
0: guy who spells Almada. Right. Yeah. So, you know. We're gonna score three, four goals a game, and I'm gonna get Almada off the game, off the field a lot of times to to help him. There are even times when I'm gonna rotate and maybe rest Almada and give, you know, him a a, a random start, particularly right. at home, and that's okay because he can play. Yeah, right. And as long as you're not gonna give up the cheap goal that we're giving up, right, then. Even though you, if you lose Almada, maybe you can't really score the three or four goals. But there will be times, if, if, as long as you're not giving up the cheap
1: goal, you're giving up zero or one at home, you score two at home, it's done. Yeah. And as far as one of the reasons, I, you know, we, we need to wrap this up. But <laughs> it, it, And Amar Cedic, the fact that he's starting and getting minutes, to me is one of the biggest reasons Pineda needs to be out.
0: yeah
1: it's it's i mean it is i mean it really makes my blood boil i mean he is just such a average joe that I, i i i can't get my head around it it just shows that pineda's logic on ignoring talent For the sake of, like, whatever. Well, offensively, he's not
0: nearly as good as Almada or Jose, Defensively, he's not nearly as good as Ibarra. If you're late in the game and you're trying to kill a game, you need possession, you can bring on Hyman, who's going to make a good pass. You know, Sadek has shown he can blow a game late in the game by being terrible defensively. The other one you haven't mentioned, who can also come on and change a game, Wiley.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? I mean, Wiley looks to me like a real talent. He is. Um,
1: I mean, you forget how young this kid is. Super young. I I will not crack on that kid at all. He's he's got a lot of potential.
0: Yeah. So there will be at times, depending on who we're matching up against, you could either start him and occasionally have Araujo either off the bench or Araujo as a false nine, not play Martinez. I'm okay with that occasionally right you can rotate through that and
1: wiley can come on for araujo if it's not Mascaro, right or maybe and, both and don't you think like i mean i think somebody mentioned this in the comments like wiley getting this experience right now sometimes being in the doldrums like this as yeah. a young player you know yeah. it's going to pay off for him when when things start clicking and players around you start elevating you instead of like the whole system bringing you down he's playing against He's playing against the current right now, which is got to be I, to be tough. honest
0: with you, I think that Wiley, even defensively, has looked pretty good. Yeah, It's just the times when we've been catastrophic out wide on the left is when he's been asked to go into the wrong position, and he's not even in the right spot, right? Um, so, you know, that to me is a much bigger problem. You know, he, nobody's really dribbled by him that much. Now, McFadden, on the other hand, there were people dribbling by him quite consistently. So I I know me, you're not
1: a fan of McFadden. To
0: me, it's not that I'm not a fan of McFadden, but McFadden cannot be a right back. He is not a right back. If he's going to do anything, so he has back. to be an attacking role.
1: Yeah. Like, he's got to be a midfielder. All right. So, Dave, we've talked about it all. What, um, what are you expecting at Portland? What do you want from the rest of the season? Like, let's use the last, like, two minutes here to talk about, like, look, like, as a fan... What do, you, what do you want? Well,
0: ironically, you know, how do you get on the front foot in Portland, right? You know, you might say there's a tendency in Pineda. I could see being like, we want to be on the front foot, so we're going to play. And he's done this once, right? He's going to play all four Mama, and he's going to play Cisneros and really try to bomb him, whatever. Um, to be honest, that's not getting it. The way you get on the front foot is to have the back four the back six stay at home and control the middle i know that's how you get on the front put he doesn't understand that right yeah In the modern game of football, that is how you win games is by controlling it. And then you also have to have players who can take advantage of it. If you win the ball up the field and you give the ball to a guy and he can't take advantage of a one-on-one, you're lost. And so many coaches don't have that. You know, if you're most MLS coaches, you're like, I can do all the organization I want. We win the ball up the field.
1: We get it to player X and he still can't take advantage of it. So, listeners, if you can imagine a back four That's disciplined to stay back. Yeah. You have Sosa who's sitting right in front of them reading the game. And you have a pesky Ibarra who's a young kid who he's gritty and he'll make some mistakes. Sure, he'll get a yellow card here and there. Let him go out there and try to press it. And And there would
0: be times at home where you might replace a Barra with Josetu and have a really more aggressive offensive at home where they're going to bunker in on you. That would happen once you're dominating the league and people come in and just park the bus on you.
1: And so in that scenario, can you imagine the ball accidentally getting kicked up to Moreno, Araujo, Amada, Martinez consistently, consistently. It's been this, I mean, this is the conversation we've had since like week three of this podcast. Yeah. And that's, that's all I have to say. That's it. Forrest. <laughs> that's it. I appreciate everybody tuning in on the YouTube. Yeah,
0: thanks for hanging with us. It's, we're hanging in there. We're going to so. hang
1: in there. I, I think, you know, we are, I mean, I know we can be a little negative sometimes on this podcast, but I think it's more being realist and yeah. actually trying to break down what's really happening. Yep. Um, so the, I think that's where we're coming from. I think our heart is with Carmen, and we we want this team to win in Portland. Carmen
0: still thinks we can win.
1: I'm telling you. Wouldn't that be amazing? But the, prob- <laughs> the problem of the pessimism is the is where the big flaw is, and I think it's the, the guy who's running the show, and it's Pineda. And unfortunately, we've got to make a change. I don't know if Carlos is going to be able to make that move or not, but let's see, Dave. Yeah. Next, I mean, this – this weekend is the is going to be the crux of whether we're looking forward. Or
0: Portland's right. not good. Um, they could be beating at home. They're 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 way down the table. But I just this team on the road can't win. We just can't win. Because and and the reason why you cannot win those games, period, is you cannot get, get, get any wins on the road when you're giving up cheap goals at home. Now, maybe we don't give up, maybe, you know, one thing that could have been happening that we might not know with the five in the back, which I think is way better considering his crazy bomb up the side thing, right? Maybe the defense has gotten better and we're still giving up goals because Ro uh, rios novo is just terrible and so you switch to goalkeeper you play five in the back you don't give up that cheap goal and now you finally get hang in there for a while you might just have the opportunity for um those guys to go win it now that's not going to help you long term because unless you can win the ball up the field this team's never going to win but you might pull off an upset Mm. all right i'm exhausted (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually gonna say that if if he changes the goalkeeper, um, that we get some type of result, probably a tie on well, the road. It's not gonna help us.
1: I mean oh. but it's better than losing. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But literally, like if he doesn't change the goalkeeper into the next game, like I mean. yeah. Well, I mean, he's already made his bed. But who says he's going to change the goalkeeper? Because if he was going to change the
0: goalkeeper, there was evidence in the last three weeks that you should have changed the goalkeeper. And there was evidence from the very beginning because you know you can't
1: play a 5'9 well, goalkeeper in the MLS. That's evidence of why Pineda's so weak. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. He's so weak. So if he really, he's stuck to his guns. He's the guy. He's he's at practice. Yeah. Roko's my guy. Then why change it? Yeah, why would he change it now? Why would he change if that's what he's got in his head? I agree. Just because I'm saying it on social media, yeah, is that what he's going to? Well, I think eventually he's
0: he's going to bend to the pressure. He's seeing it all over, and he's going to be like. And if you're a really good coach and you really know the you difference, you would never that. do that. You yeah. would never do that.
1: Yeah. I don't listen to that. and so, it, so this is going to be the evidence. He's going to start Godina for the first time in, against Portland. Yeah. But which he'll is, make two which, other changes. Which, which is yeah, two, two other changes. And it's going to be evidence of why. Sorry, Elliot. This is not our guy.
0: It's not our guy. and And I don't think you, you know, as much as I, don't like Alexi Lawless, right? You know, he was like one thing about Atlanta is big and bold and we're going to spend the most team and most money in the league and we're not going to have down years and we're expecting to win all the time, right? That's the way we set ourselves up and he's like I he's like I loved it, you know. They came in, they won the league in year 2, yeah. right? But what's happened to that team since? You know, like what's going on with Atlanta United? And I think um we had they did not do a good job with the turnover after we won the title. We couldn't keep the whole team because it was too expensive. It was salary cap, all kinds of problems. Um, uh, Almiron was gone. We did not do a good turning job turning it over. That next year, after the championship, the players they brought in, they were okay. a bunch of, you know, the, of the <laughs> shays of the world, Break shays of the world were terrible. But they recovered from that. Right, And they actually have put together an absolutely brilliant squad, in my opinion. Everybody online
1: disagrees with you, but I agree with you, Dave. All
0: right. It's us against the world, Mikey Dobbs. Thanks for listening. on fire.
1: Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back uh, in a week or two. Take care. Cheers.